At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is a very special episode of Ask Eliza Anything for a couple of reasons. One, I am doing this remotely. I am not in our studio in Los Angeles. Scott is not here. I had to order special mics because I was out of town for so long. And I was about to be like, you know what? We just won't have a podcast. And lo and behold, my best friend, Michelle Friedman. I showed up. Out of nowhere, she's like, I'm coming to New York. And I was like, perfect. It's time to pod. (laughs) That's when I ordered the microphones. And I figured, you know... Wouldn't it be fun to talk to my best friend because she's been there literally through almost everything. So I don't know if it can literally be almost, but literally through almost everything. We've known each other since we were three, had a gap there where we didn't know each other. Here we have Michelle Lee DiGiulio Friedman, lead goal scorer of the 99-2000 lacrosse team season. Thank you, Eliza. Yeah. It's wonderful to be here. Now, before we start, you should guys know, you guys should know that I'm a little sick, but also Michelle doesn't do social media. She doesn't do entertainment. I asked her just now if she watched Succession and she was like, yes, no, wait, the business one. And I go, you know, the main character, Kendall, she goes, the girl. I'm like, okay, you don't watch it. Michelle does not have social media. What do you do for a living? I'm a little bit behind in pop culture. Um, so I work for the city of Austin and I manage our social service programs in the areas of... Y'all are going to hear honks. It's Brooklyn. I can't mm-hmm. help it if it's the background. Go I on. manage social service funding in the areas of race and health equity, uh, homelessness, access to basic services for individuals living below the poverty line, and mar- marginalized folks. And you speak how many languages? Four. What's the fourth Four one? languages. What's the fourth one? Hebrew. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, okay. English, Spanish, French. Don't just say English, a sociopath. I know. Just say English. Everyone knows English. Well, yeah. You speak. Okay. And then I've taken so many classes in Portuguese and I've worked in Portuguese. So I kind of count that. So on my resume, I would say four, but in practice, three. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which for Europeans is nothing. I don't think you should be allowed to say English. Like that's a given. Like some, everyone has to but speak you, a language. Yeah. I don't. Sign language? Do you speak sign language? No, but I really wish also, I did. No honestly. one speaks sign language. Yoga? Yoga language? Okay. Oh my God. What if I started saying that I speak um, Sanskrit? I mean, I, I don't know. That would be amazing just because I'm like in yoga teacher training and I can say like Samastitahi. I mean, I, I guess I speak no, Sanskrit. No one would challenge you, but oh that God. would be up there with the girl that's like, I'm an Aries rising. It means so much to me. 
Yeah, I don't know any of that. I don't know what you just said. Michelle is, the, what do you call yourself? The smartest dumb person? No, the yes. dumbest smart person. Yes. The dumbest what did smart you, person you've ever met. What did you think the expression was? Not a bull in a china shop? What did you think it was? Like a cow in a candy store? Yes, all the time. We should have, you know what we should have done is actually listed out all of the stupid expressions that I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This isn't going to be funny for people. No, that won't be. So we're going to we're going to cut all that out, but we're going to get to the <laughs> to the questions. Uh first of all, ACL4 says who would win in a fight? Oh my god. We talked about this god, at one yesterday. Have they seen a photo of me? Yeah, Michelle is 80 pounds on like a heavy day. I mean, I'm not that small, but Eliza is much bigger. No. So <clears throat> Eliza would annihilate me, and here's why. The only way that I've ever won fights, and I have won a few, is by manipulating people, by have pretending you? that I'm... Yeah, by that, pretending that, that, you're sleeping? that I'm either sleeping <laughs> or, like, I'm injured or I'll make them laugh or I'll do... But Eliza can see through all of that, all of it, and so I have absolutely no tricks. I would never... I would be so upset if I had to physically hurt you. Yeah. I was saying yesterday, like, if it came down to it, like, I would do it. But I'd be like, I can't believe I had to kill my best friend on a dare. Like, this was horrible. <laughs> this was traumatic. Um, Spunkster, ask Eliza, what do each of you think is different about friendships, the friendships women have with each other versus the friendships men have with each other? Oh, Eliza's going to have a lot to say about this. So if you want to hear Eliza answer this question, she'll be doing that in her next podcast. <laughs> in my next hour. Yes. I don't, I feel, I've always felt like our friendship is not, it's not a typical f female friendship. We talk a lot. Yeah. It's more like a sisterly, uh, friendship, like twin sisters in a way. But like we would never, yeah, it's more sisterly. Like I, we would never call each other for fashion advice. I've called. You would call me. Yeah. I would not call you. No. I, I really believe you use different friends for different things, but I do feel like for anything I could call you and be like, I just have to vent about this one person. Right. Cause and I'm always going to be there no matter what. And I also don't care about what you're necessarily doing at which stage <laughs> in your life. Yeah. She has no concept of well, like show business. Well, I mean, I love you and who you are um, and vice versa. So I'm that's not true. I think the last couple of times you've come to a show, I've just come back to the green room and you've been like, yeah, I've just been having, been here having sandwich. <laughs> I didn't watch the act. <laughs> yeah. I've been hanging out with the people. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to let you read it because my voice is a giant toad. So read the. Yeah. The uh, Christine. At uh, Christine says. Oh, yeah. What's the at for? At is for Instagram. Oh, I don't have Instagram. Uh, you're not Amish. Like, no, you know how have... handles work. No, but Your I mean. wife has really. it. I know, but. Okay. Anyways. Can you imagine a world? Can you imagine a world in which someone <laughs> does not use Instagram or Twitter or Slack chat? Slack, Slack chat? Are you thinking of like that office interface thing, Slack chat? Yes, but then I, I don't think anyone uses that. It's not what I was. about Snapchat. Snapchat is what You're I like, was thinking of, but the, I combined it with Slack. What are the odds that another gibberish word actually is a social media platform? <laughs> Gabagool. I have Facebook, but only because of dog rescue. <laughs> By the way, please, please rescue and adopt. By the way, she's one hundred percent a lesbian. Just if you didn't get that from that last <laughs> from that last sentence, okay. Adopt a pit mix and make it a great day. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. At uh, Christine, hey Eliza and best friend. Uh oh, sorry. Hey Eliza and best friend. I have a question about long distance friendships. One of my best friends used to live about an hour from me until she married her husband, who's in the military, and they moved to a different state. She comes home often to visit her family or college friends, but has only come to visit me once in the entire five years we've been friends. Cut her out. 
And that one time was because I basically wouldn't stop pestering her about it. During that visit, we ended up hanging out with, co- with one of her college friends and not having one-on-one time. We've had a few arguments here recently, but they've all been resolved. At least that's my understanding. She's a pretty private person. But in the past few times I've texted her, she's very distant and doesn't want to go into detail about anything. My question is, how do I know where the line is to say, maybe this friendship just needs to fade out naturally, or should I continue to reach out to her to let her know that I love her and I'm always here if she needs to talk? I know she has a lot of things going on in her personal life, Mm -hmm. but I thought we were close enough to be someone she confides in. How do I know when enough is enough? Thank you and love you all. I love you so much. Uh, She already showed you. Like, it's over. Fnuff. What do we say? Fnuff. Fnuff. Um, I would say there's a little bit more to it than that, but... Um, Cut it out. The question really is... Shut it down. Why, it, or why are you continuing to try so much and so hard? Because I think that says more about you and what you need than it does about your friendship with her. Certainly, this is not a respectful relationship that I think is healthy to stay in. And, you know, you can say for the time being it doesn't sound like you're ready or available um, but I'm always here and love you but I really think you probably need to take some time to evaluate why you care so much I think that's Mishy F with the hot advice fire you just got so sincere yeah I also having been on both ends of this I feel like I even went through this with you yeah I was gonna say that oh yeah Um, wait remember what I was screaming at you I was on the set of Excused and you were coming to LA Mm. and 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 I guess some people, let me say this, some people are better one-on-one. Some people are group people. Michelle is a group person. I'm a one-on-one person. I used to be a group person, more so. Fair. But I was always like, I just want to be with Michelle. And she'd be like, well, I'm coming to LA to do these 50 things. And I like deep down, I was like, well, fuck those friends. Like, come see me. And then I was like, I just got to let that go. Otherwise, the other person's not going to want to hang out with you. I think different, you've, you know, and I can, I, I also feel like, is there something that you did wrong and you're like atoning for it? I have a friend that like did something shitty once and like they're forever like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, it's done. You also just grow out of friendships. Yeah. She's married. She moved away. I mean, I'm married. You're married. We moved away. Um, but that having been said, when the old friendships where you grew up with them – there's a certain kind of understanding that that person will always be in your life and always be around because you share a childhood versus yeah. someone that you became friends with as an adult. You don't necessarily share, unless you were like in the military together, you don't necessarily share right. that like deep history. And um, I was going to say this. Yeah, we went through a period where I was in college and super self-absorbed in my college world. And I wanted to always see everyone all the time and um as it turns out i'm not really friends with a lot of those people anymore i knew it i was like you're not gonna be friends with them in the end i'll I'll still be here i'm friends with the people in la that i'm friends with now you're seeing one of them later today are good friends of mine from college but the majority of the people i'm not even friends with anymore so i think eliza had the like perspective to see that that was just a period in my life that i needed to be selfish and doing all these things but that was just one period and also she called me out on it many times and I yelled back at her and we just I mean whatever I I just look it's like let it go if it loves you comes back that's the end of the story she is clearly whether she's selfish or she's moved on or there's just no room for you in her life and it hurts and it sucks but think about it this way like do you want to force your way into someone's life it isn't like she's doing drugs on the side of the road and she doesn't want your help like she's married she moved away 
The worst feeling is when like you have a friend that you want to connect with and they like don't want to connect and you're like, but I'm famous. You still don't want to connect with me. They're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> when you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay. Next question. Romskin Abel. Oh, where did this one? Okay, okay. yeah. Romskin Abel. Romsack and Abel. At. At Roms. Thank you. You always talk about growing out of friendship. Cannibal. Oh. Roms. Roms a cannibal. 
There we go. You always talk about growing out of friendships. What do you think is the reason you've remained friends throughout the years? Mutable is a word that Eliza loves, by the way. Um, <laughs> love it. I always say how much I love the word mutable. Um, I think, I don't know, obviously, I don't, I think Michelle and I, first of all, we. I'm Eliza's original fan. Original fan. Really She's the friend that always laughs at everything. And we are very similar. People say hanging out with us is like hanging out with, was it two sides of the same coin? What do they say? Two sides of the same brain? Something like that. So you told me this one time. Yeah. So I think when you grow up together, you share a lot of like the same ticks, the same speech patterns, things like that. And then I think the fact that we're actually at our core, not so similar. Like we don't, mm -hmm. we were never attracted to the same type of guys, except for Derek. We were never attracted yeah. to the same, we don't have the same body type. We don't, we don't use the same sides of our brain. Like Michelle is great at math and languages and I've never been in a creative arts class with her. Uh, no. We don't <laughs> like the same kind of things. And I think in a weird way that draws yeah. out your similarities even more. Yeah, it just makes you compatible because... There's um, no competition for right, anything. Right, no competition at all. And um, I was always in honors classes. Eliza was in rudimentary math. Okay, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eliza is extremely intuitive and understands people very well. And I will say I'm a terrible judge of character. <laughs> I just, I am. I'm a terrible judge of character. And so I can trust her when she has an opinion about something that I'm, it's sort of like, you know, filling in your gaps or filling in your holes, yeah. but like your personality holes. Like I'm just not going to be good at certain things. And she's always going to be more um, introspective. And I'm always going to really have a deeper understanding in like maybe some elements of like what I do for a living and why people are homeless maybe or something like that. Oh, that's something I strive to have a deep understanding. Of. I know. I, I, yeah. So I think there's that. And I think there's also, uh, getting to have a conversation at breakneck speed with another woman who totally agrees with you hundred percent of the time. <laughs> so I think fast. that's so important to just be able to call someone and like word vomit at them. Even the worst things that you think about the nicest people and the other person's like, totally, I have to go, but I totally agree with you. Yeah. So then you kept you sane. We dislike the same things. We don't have any friends in common anymore because we don't live around each other. Except our s spouses. <laughs> Does that count? What? They're, they're not friends. And your assistant. Yeah, you no, love my we, assistant. You love yeah, Emily. I love Emily and and um, Eliza loves Grace, my wife. Elliot Escalated Quickly says, is she gay or are we just asking about same-sex marriage for fun? And I read that and I was like, what's this guy's problem? And then I realized in the description of who was going to be the guest, I said, you know, ask about same-sex marriage. Because in my mind, I'm like, everyone knows Michelle's gay, but I didn't, she's, but nobody ever knows that. And I feel like for growing up, you were not no, and I don't really define myself as gay because Sorry. that's okay. What do I There's say? not really, there's no, I'm married to a woman. There's um, so many letters you can pick from after LGBTQ. I know, you but I don't feel like I fit into any of them. Pick one. Well, why don't you pick one for me? Because I really just non... Non-traditional. Non-cis? No, wait. What's cis again? You, this is your thing. You should know. I don't know. Cisgender is like much more like your me. thing. Cisgender is like me. Like a like a straight, straight so is woman that is attracted to men. Please okay. So does cis have to do with your sexual orientation or with your gender identity? I, yeah. I actually am asking at my annual review from my boss if we can get a training on this. Like if my entire unit can get a training on gender, non-binary, 
non-conforming Here's an idea. No pronouns. one has to say what they are ever because right. it's no, one, no one's business. No one's business. But, so, um, but, but for I the will sake say, of the podcast. Um, for the sake of the podcast, bisexual is the closest term that I can come to it in terms of like my sexual orientation. However, yeah, I guess you are a true bisexual. Yeah, long-term relationships. Yeah. I am just much closer to women than I am to men. I have a couple male friends that I'm very close to, but- But they're not hot. At the, no. And at the end of the day, I just am not... I think men are kind of grody. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. I think you never had... I don't think you ever had great relationships. Yeah. And that I think part of that was from being too smart for your own good. Yes. And having the men in our lives not acknowledge that or honor that. Yeah. So I think it gives you a bad taste in your mouth from the get-go. Right. And you have a single mom, so you already look at women in like a place of power. I know what everybody's thinking right now. Not only have I we never kissed, the idea oh, of seeing the other one naked is so repugnant and but upsetting. I, not really, because we see each other naked all the time in the shower. Yeah, like. but, but but we're not like oh no. Like I would look at another one, like at a gr another girlfriend's body, and I'd be like, "You've got great boobs." Oh my god, never. I would not say that about your boobs. No, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would just never look no, at your body yeah. in like with a male gaze. Right, like it's like a sisterly thing. I remember when you were getting married. And the day of the wedding, and I was taking a shower, and um, the door was open, obviously, and you and your mom were just, like, coming in and out, and it was just, like, the most natural thing. For women, it's okay. One of my favorite things ever, I had a boyfriend. We were in, like, our early 20s, and I had this apartment, and Michelle was visiting, and Michelle... Uh, he was coming home like from whatever and Michelle was like check this out and she got fully naked and put on red high heels and red lipstick fully naked and was holding a red glass of wine and my boyfriend knocked on the door and she opened it and she was like welcome home and he was so upset he was he closed his eyes he was like why why are you guys doing this and then he referred to us as the creep twins <laughs> creep twins poor Adam poor Adam most genuine man ever yeah it was very sweet yeah. uh, but I also so think because you have like uh, you're very thin, yeah. and small breasts. It's not there. Not much is there. Not much is there. You almost can do that. If I did it, it would be different. Right. I'm not saying it better or anything, but it would just be different. And totally. I, in that moment, envied you so much that you had the comedic freedom to mm, do that. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't talk to you for like five minutes. No, <laughs> but I thought that was really because Michelle's was for the like joke. Because it's also something where you're like, I'm not attracted to this person, so I can do something like this. Right. You, and, and I trusted him. I mean, he was a good person and I thought it would be hilarious. So why not scare him? Right. Why not terrify the shit out of him? I mean, it was just more like he was trying to be honorable and you were like, look at my body. I, and, and you have a beautiful body. So it's not like eh. she has like a goat body or anything like that. Car, K-H-W-R-G-8. How did y'all handle growing into adults together? Like my best friend and I met in college. So we lived together for years and now she's married. I'm in grad school. We're trying to figure out how to be adults together. Ooh, let's think of an example of when we had to be adults together. Okay, Ooh. okay go ahead. Tiny baby? Tiny. Oh, okay, yeah. That's okay. fine. It's okay. in the book. It's in, it's Tiny in the book. Baby. <laughs> Is this okay, Tiny Baby? Go um, ahead. So I had a really terrifying dream that Eliza kept that baby. The baby that I aborted? Yes, oh, and God. it was 15. Some women have to live that dream in certain states. And I, yes, including Texas. And I think it's because right now I'm managing our access to abortion funding. And so it's been on my mind. Um, but okay. So uh, Eliza came to visit me at college in Boston, our senior year for New Year's Eve. And we. I was out of college. I graduated early because I remember all drove I was down in college. to New York City together. And uh, during. We discovered it in Boston. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. We discovered it in Boston. You have to tell people they don't know. Uh, okay. I, I was visiting Michelle's house in Boston or wherever you lived. And I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And you know how we, you know how we figured it out is mm-hmm. because you walked into our freezing cold Boston house and there was a fish on the third floor of the house and you like, like it went to the room and you said, it smells like fish. But to be fair, I could do that right now. Well, you have a very strong sense of smell, yeah. but this was uncanny. I right. mean, this was very weird. And so I just kind of knew right away. And I think you knew too. And then we asked my girlfriend at the time to pick up a uh, birth, con- to pick up a pregnancy, pregnancy test. test. We did it. It was positive. Anyway, um, that was something we had to deal with, but we dealt with it in a really we childish way. We took turns way. in the best way we could, not punching me in the stomach, but we were like, what's the best way? You're 19 years old. We were in a we were chugging disgusting beer. bathroom in Manhattan at this point. So we left. Yeah, we left. We were going, but here's the thing. I was like, I'm pregnant. Well, we still got to go to this sick New Year's Eve party in New York. So we drove a couple hours to New York. Uh-huh. And Picked it up was a bunch of alcohol on the way. And then it was one of those combo like KFC pizza hut restaurants oh yeah it was a kfc bathroom in midtown oh i feel like it was in chinatown i think you're right and um yeah we put oh my god there was an extra toilet in the toilet we have a video of this on the grainy nokia the point is there's a picture that i have somewhere where like it was all this graffiti on the bathroom so we took out a sharpie and we added like michelle and eliza whatever the year was like 2004 like New Year's Eve, yeah. Michelle Eliza, and then I wrote, and baby. A tiny baby. Which I know is like brutal, and people are like, life is so sacred, but I am extremely pro-choice, so you can fight the, me on this. It was the only choice at the time, and I'm so grateful that you could make that choice. Yes. And that guy just had to just be sad that you didn't have his baby. He wanted me to keep it, and I was like, are you fucking kidding? I didn't move to Los Angeles to have some Hicks baby. Like, I'm good. He paid the money, right? No. He wouldn't. Oh. My mom, I put this in my book. My mom gave me $600. Thank God. Thank God. I have that. Yeah. $600. That's, it my doesn't God. cost it either. Well, I don't know if that, if you're saying that's a lot or that's not a, that much. That's more than I think it It's a whole cost. process. Yeah. Like you go in, they give you a drip. Someone has to come get you. And thank God it was in California that you didn't get all that misinformation. Like in Texas now, they say that you're having counseling, but it's really all about like convincing you not to do oh, that. There was no version yeah. of me being like, maybe I don't think about that baby. I don't regret it. No. I don't remember the guy's last name at this point even though we were like hanging so out. that was the actually i do remember it and it was I'm not he was a twin anyway um so that was maybe the first adult thing we had to deal with that was pretty adult yeah i don't know but we dealt with it in a really kind of in a in a humor humor is kind of the way that we dealt with it add a little bit of levity to it it doesn't have to be a funeral yeah. we both uh have parents that are divorced um we both worked really hard in high school. Michelle was always the friend that had, we both had parties. Yes. But like, it was somehow more okay. Like your mom kind of knew and was like, I don't care. I'm going out of town. Yeah. I, I was just extremely disrespectful. Way more so than you were <laughs> of her property. Yeah. Oh, of her property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did a lot of things. You know what? I know from a very young age, I think something that also bonded us, just you always thought I was funny. So we were like funny together and then we didn't go to the same school for a while. But then in high school- you and I both knew that we kind of didn't fit. Yeah. And we fit in. We all had the same friends and we all went to the parties and stuff. And Michelle even dated the quarterback. Uh, but there was, I remember like junior and senior year, like we both had this thing where like, we, we got to get out. Mm-hmm. Got to get out of here. And we started going to raves together. 
Oh, God. I, I had a feeling we'd end up talking about this. It's such a warm memory for me, even though you were so unsafe in almost every <laughs> sense. Michelle has no... Michelle's like a, a small boy and that she has no fear, like no sense of danger. We are very, as you have said, very lucky that I'm still alive. I, I have mean, really cheated death so many times and I don't have a Me Too story and I should. You, sh- you probably do. You just don't, don't remember. Know you weren't yeah. awake. Michelle went to Australia. I think you went a couple times, but like backpacked across Australia. Tell the story of the bald myself. man. Of the bald man. The man in the van where you did your laundry and he went down on you. Oh my God. I haven't thought about that in forever. I think about it all the time. Tell what did it. he say again? It was like you needed a ride. Oh my God. I needed a place to stay. <laughs> Which and is also insane. Like you had the money to like. No, have a I basically was just like, well, yeah, but I I was trying to live on the, the edge or at least minimalistically. Like, like all private school kids, yeah. we love the option. Right, love the option of just living minimalistically. And so I was sleeping on beaches, and I was just kind of going where I could. And um, yeah, this guy in Australia, I think. He let me like sleep for a couple hours in his van outside Perth and then like helped me do my laundry. But I had to or he he let you go to his house and you're like, I'll just go because I just want to do my laundry. And you woke up and he was like going down. Yeah. And didn't he? What did he say? He said something like really gross. Something gross, but also like of all the things as a woman to wake up, like that's probably the least aggressive. Like he wasn't having sex. He was like, oh, I just hope she enjoys this, which is horrible, horrific. And he was old and he was bald and which is not a bad big deal at this age. But like when you're like 20, it's like, ew, why is that happening? And then you told me that you just grabbed a bunch of food from his kitchen and yeah, left. and then I left like a, like a fucking disgusting like a rat. vagabond, yeah, like so gross. I wish I I might maybe you I might should reach tell out that to story him on again. Facebook. You should, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a lot of things. And then I remember, the- I remember you started. Can I don't know if you want to say this on the podcast? Ecstasy, dealing ecstasy. I didn't deal it. I you mean, I sold and a few extra tabs or whatever they were called i just have this memory of being in this like rundown house in south dallas with you and there was like a dj and you were like buying or selling to him and he had a gun on the table oh my god and it was and do you remember this no i vaguely remember and i just remember thinking like what the fuck are we, we have lacrosse practice in the morning like what the fuck are we doing and then you disappeared at raves a couple yeah. times. Like this guy's gonna take me home you by the Some grace of random god. person took me home and he like carried a huge ass knife and yet he just dropped me off. And yet. No, I mean, but anyway, done a lot of really stupid stuff and haven't gotten in trouble for it. Thank you, white privilege. But also money. Um, I guess that's part of white privilege. But um, I feel like it wasn't humor. any of that. I feel like it was just fucking luck. Luck. It could have been luck. I don't think white privilege yeah, ties right. into like someone deciding not, not to, to rape, rape you. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It's just luck. And uh, maybe I'm better at judging character than I thought. And no, definitely not. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, 
it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six dials, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza. For 15% off, exclusions apply. See site for details. Andrea Zero Kyer, as you watch each other fall in love, do you remember the point where you knew they'd found the forever person? What? Do you hate that question? What is that face? I fall in love. <laughs> um, Ew, okay, wait. Let me just tackle this first. Okay, because I have something to say first. Can I go first? Okay, fine. <laughs> you met Grace, and I think like lesbians it's a little bit different than straight people because it's kind of like you shake hands and it's like when can I move in mm. I felt like it went it kind of like Grace was just there yeah for me we actually held <laughs> in on moving experience. in for about like a year but um, she fit in so well that it kind of just did seem like she was there she was just there as your girlfriend and I was like hey and I never questioned it or thought about it, it by the way like Michelle being whatever you're going to identify as I never batted an eye. I think you want people to be more like, what? You're gay? Like you're always, we were at a wedding recently and Michelle, like our rabbi from when we were kids was there. Michelle's like, I'm going to go tell him I'm gay. I'm like, I don't think he cares. He didn't Like care. I think you want people to be like, what? Yeah. No. When I moved to Austin, it was so normal that I was like, wait a second. Because I moved there from the liberal East Coast where everyone was like, you're so much cooler because you're bi or gay. And then I moved to Austin where everyone is something non-conforming and it just was like not even a thing it was a non-issue and I was like god that sucks now I gotta find another thing that makes me cool yeah but uh I would say falling in love you're like so I'm really thin now is falling in love is um something that I think we kind of did in high school like that deep deep falling in love and then you know the fallout from that which was painful um of course because anytime you love someone and break up it's painful but seeing you meet Smokey Husky um I felt like it was just such a good match because you were matched personality intellectually and he was just 
patient and normal. That's the big word. He's very normal. I remember, unrelated to him, I came to visit you in uh, in Austin with uh, another guy, and we all like went to go hang out. We were all at a bar, and you turned to me. You were like, "I really like him," and I was like, "You're never gonna see him again." And like, I was we're like, just "Hanging out." You're like, "This is the last time you're gonna see him." You're I was last like, time you're this guy, so "Oh, okay." Get your hugs in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I don't. Excuse me. I've never really related to these stories where it's like my friend's dating a guy and he's all wrong for her. And I'm like, why isn't your friend listening to you? And also like, okay, maybe he sucks, but like, that's what she's chosen. Well, I relate to that though, because of the guy that didn't go to Yale. Oh God. Yes. I mean, that was horrific, but but that wasn't, I hated that. We all like that came to fruition it wasn't like from the get-go we were all like oh i hate this guy and he wasn't like beating you up no it you know this idea that like your friend is dating like some piece of shit and it's like well then your friend's an idiot and we all date guys that are like not great for us or whatever but i've never had that with you where i've been like you need to get out of this relationship right right because it was a part of learning and growing Um, also like I think a big it's part also of not, not our place really. Yeah. A big part of girl friendship is your friend telling you how to treat the other. Like you have an ex-girlfriend and you're like, if she ever says this to you, here's what you say back to her. And the answer is yes. Whatever you want me to say. Yeah. I will say it. You want me to lie? You want me to do whatever? I will do that. How many times have you lied for me? Not, I, I guess I also just kind of like deflect. I'm like, I'm not engaging with this person, but yeah, whatever you need, that's what we'll do. You love lying. Mm-hmm. Ripster123 Sorry if this question Was already asked On a previous podcast What was the first impression Of the other First memory of meeting I'm pretty sure It was in a bathtub When we were three Can I tell you something I wanted to post a picture That's not when we met That's insane like, That would be hilarious Our parents just brought us To a bathtub we had, There's so many pictures Of us taking baths One together. picture There's no, literally there's, one There's two Okay Is that so many <laughs> That's weird <laughs> Okay uh, We were three And we met at the country club that sound you're making us sound like horse riding, like long jawed. Like, I mean, it's the reality. Elise. We met at Brookhaven Country Club when we were three years old. There were seven kids' pools and one adult pool, and they had a food stand. And our parents went None for some happened. reason because they happened. wanted to join a. That is that we met at Brookhaven. All right, we met at a, at a camp. Uh, and then oh, we, we also, went to sleepover camp. We did. We went to a sleepaway camp together. Um, and oh God. we both have horrible memories of it. Uh, what? Well, it was just weird that I was seven, you were six, and the next youngest people were nine, eight and nine. We were little. So little. And I just remember being so hungry. So hungry and sick. And yet... My mom tells the story that I came to her after school one day and I basically said, I have determined what I'm doing this summer. I'm going to sleep over camp. The camp champions, everyone's doing it. If I don't do it, I'm going to be the only one that doesn't do it. But I was the only other one there. I know. <laughs> and we kept giving each other lice, which was so gross. Definitely got lice, which I guess happens when you're like kids or whatever. Definitely couldn't get enough food. And it was one of those camps. It's Texas. So everything's so like- So hot. High energy. Don't talk back. I just remember them telling, making us run everywhere. And I know this is sounding more and more like an internment camp or like a fat camp. I just remember like we get out of the lake, which had oil in it. And they'd be like, all right, now run to go horseback riding. So you have to run, put on jeans yeah. while your skin was wet. Ugh. And then run. I'm like, why the fuck are we running everywhere? Yeah, it was hot and gross. And um, do you remember that they would put 
um, hydrogen peroxide or alcohol in our, ears. in our ears. And they would say, what flavor do you want? Yes. And it, it would be like a strawberry shortcake or chocolate. Do you remember this? This was because the lake was so gross and they want to make sure you didn't get an ear infection. They would do hydrogen peroxide in your ear after you swam. And I do remember that the flavors and it did help. You'd be like, it helped. Oh, I'm getting fudge Sunday. Yeah. In I, my ear. It's the, the power of the mind. The power of the mind, the power of the filthy lake. Uh, Allison underscore Eddie, who was the worst bridezilla? Slash, who was the better maid of honor? Oh. Go on. I was an amazing matron of honor mm -hmm. because I did so much behind the scenes, but mostly I was like the go-between with the wedding planner and then like the friends sort of organizing and doing all the millions of things that need to be done um, in terms of that. But Eliza was most definitely the best maid of honor in terms of like Thank emotional you. support Thank and you. being there and just being like the close, I mean, I had like four people at my wedding. She had a very small wedding at her house and I showed up and I was like, here's how this needs to go. 25 people. But it was at your house. Yeah. And I remember like, you're like, I'm just going to come out and help out. I was like, stay in the room. Like you need, I had to explain to her, like you need to reveal. People need to see you for the first time. I did your makeup. Oh my God. It was so good. And my hair. I did her hair. So good. I was like, someone's got to do she this. She set up a little little section where she had like Vicky and I went to go get flowers and we came back into the hotel room and she had put all of the makeup out on a, on a table and she had a little bottle of water and a towel. I was like, I want you to feel like you're getting your makeup done. It was so cute. I also showed up to your wedding with no shoes. I didn't have any shoes and a dress I had borrowed from the show that I was on. Cause like, I don't own, like I don't go to a lot of weddings. She was like, what about this midriff black top? Yeah. I was like, no. She was like, Michelle was like, it's a colorful, it's a spring wedding. So I borrowed this orange number from uh, <laughs> separation anxiety. Cause I didn't own, I don't go to those types of occasions. So I didn't own wedding wear, spring wedding wear. And I couldn't wear black. She said, so I got that. And I showed up, I was like on her wedding day. I was like, I need to borrow shoes. <laughs> And a bracelet. That's so true. I didn't have any of those <laughs> oh things. Oh my God, it was so good. But you really helped me with my stuff. You you were so helpful in like all of the DIY and all of the little pieces that kind of came together. Little pieces. The most amazing part about each of our weddings was that Blanche was in both. She was elegant as ever. Oh my God. She had like a little tuxedo on because it was a lesbian wedding. So I wanted Blanche to look like a lesbian. Oh, she was so good. And then at my wedding, my dog- wedding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was at my wedding. And then um, during the ceremony, which is in the backyard, my dog like came out, even though she's terrified of the world. And she's just a little bit smaller than Blanche. And she came came over and like, you know, was like basically sniffing up at me and Grace while we're on like the altar. And then, of course, Blanche like moved up right next to her and just plopped her little fat body right little there. Her fat body, her little fat wedding body. I felt very... We're, I don't know. My new special is all about getting married and I'm having trouble. I look back on the day and I felt the day was very frustrating. If I could do it again, I would not have had any bridesmaids. Mm. Uh, I think I felt like I should and it was like a good thing to do. I also, my husband wanted to have groomsmen and I was like, well, I don't want to look like a loser if I don't have anyone, but I probably would have just had you because you, I spent the night with you the night before. Do you yeah. remember I wrote my wedding vows on like Benadryl? Yes. Uh, my I was puffing up. And um, I really wanted to wake up with you the next day and like do stuff with you. And then it all just got like chaotic, but I didn't feel like any of the bridesmaids really helped or did anything. And I yeah. just kind of felt like, I don't know. 
it's a lot. It's a production and it's a whole show and you do that for a living. So it would have been nice to have something not that for can your I, wedding. Can I say something I never told anyone? The woman who planned my wedding, she hired like all these people day of and we were up on that floor. We I got married in a penthouse. So we were like on a couple floors below getting ready. And she had a girl with her that was like there to like help walk me down. And I tried to take a selfie and the girl jumped into the selfie. I'm like, it's my wedding dress. And she was like, dear says, and like thought oh it was my- so, and it's like, I get that. Like you probably know I'm a comedian, but like act like a fucking person. It's my wedding day. That's how I felt about everything that day. It was like, I was just tolerating other people's stupid behavior, which is, you know, part for the course, but it was so beautiful. Oh my Thank God. You. And your mom really did an amazing job with a lot of stuff. She really did. Cause I, and Emily, Emily was there. Emily should have been a bridesmaid. She didn't want that job. But it's the, it's the only time I've seen my baby girl dressed up. Dressed up in a beautiful dress. Loris Ann's Dwyer says, you can read it. At what point in your friendship, if ever, did it dawn on you that Eliza might really make a career out of her comedy? I love this question because there was never a doubt in my mind. Ever. Um, she's always just been so hilarious. And also, this is just who she is. I, I, Eliza could never not be a performer or an artist. Aww. Or a writer now, now that you have all these new skill sets or an actor or all of these things, you just could not do it. Um, Eliza, we don't like to talk about the jobs that she had before she started doing comedy full time. But Do we not? Not really. You don't like talking about it. I'll be like, do you remember Infamous Blowjob? Oh, oh God. Scratch that. Uh, (laughs) That's what we called it. Ultimate BJ Tour. Yeah. It was a blackjack company. It was called the Ultimate Blackjack Company, but I'd always answer the phone like Ultimate BJ Company. (laughs) Ultimate BJ Tour. So good. I was working in New York in finance at the time and we were in our early 20s and I would call you during lunch and you would answer the phone, ultimate BJ tour. And it was, I would just call just to hear you say that. You were so miserable. Because no one ever called. Yeah, of course. I mean, but, but like. I was a beautiful cage bird. Way more, Eliza in a corporate job. She also was an intern at my mom's company when we were in high school with me. Eliza had a corporate job. She just can't do it she just like her personality has to come out in what she does and you're very professional in what you do but you still have your personality involved and the corporate sector doesn't really work like that you can't bring your personality very much into the space oh you're gonna get so much hate mail to your non-existent instagram like i've got a personality and i have a corporate job it is stifling Uh, and i was just an assistant i was just and but even at the time i was like doing stand-up at night and stuff like that i always had this fantasy in high school that like you would show up to one of my fine arts classes and we could be in that class together we only took one class together ever. In high school. I'm like the least artistic. I'm creative, but not artistic. Are you? So yeah, Eliza always was going to be a famous comedian. I will say that when she won Last Comic Standing, I was um, hiking in the Alps. And my mom called and left me this message just like screaming. And I knew she had won. Aww. But I always knew way before then. That was like, honestly, that was sort of like, okay, now I have some money. And I can like do some stuff. But... That maybe that was like a break, but it wasn't really. Were you ever in? Because I would write like sketches in high yeah. school. You were in those because yeah. I remember all the girls over there. But I, I like I have very specific memories of like a couple of other girls doing it. But I feel like you, were, Michelle's, always been like, yeah, I'm here. I'm actually turns out a little weird, and I'll do it. But this is not something that cries from within me. No, I would sometimes be the camera lady. I was always just like whatever for the ride. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that. Mm-hmm. I think it's wingman. That. Wingman, ultimate wingman. Uh, one of my favorite memories this is in the book, but um, well, no, this is just about us getting fake IDs. No, 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 I know. It was just, we both, I'm, I think you had an office job and I was working at like a diner and we met up to drive to like Irving to this like 
cat pee infested storefront, yeah. which was like the place to buy a fake ID. Smelled like a combination of cat pee and cigarettes. My adolescence is just riddled with memories of us just doing things on our own terms inappropriately, all the while knowing like, this isn't gonna last forever. It's We're out of here soon. Not gonna work. Like that time that we stole the stoplight, put it in a shopping cart and walked it to your house. Yeah, to what- be- that's a very like that's a very like uh suburban punk thing to do. Well, was it just we were bored and I my mean, mom made us return it. Yeah, because well also she was like what are you going to do with this? It was also to be fair, we didn't like dismantle it. It was on the side of the road. Yeah, but like there was anyway. And then we also did this. We decided that we were going to steal the change in the toll oh, booth. No, not steal. It was there. It wasn't stealing. Okay, when you go to a toll, they don't have this anymore. They yeah. don't have these anymore. Oh I just God. realized that. Oh, my God. Well, it used to be when you would go through... Children, gather around. <laughs> it used to be you go through a toll booth. It was almost like a little pelican beak. Remember? And you'd throw the money in on your way. Do you remember? Yeah. I can't believe this. You'd throw your change in, and it would count it very quickly, and you would go. Now, there is a coin return under it that very few people know about. So if you if your toll was 50 cents, and you, for some reason, threw in 75 cents, although why you didn't just keep <laughs> that <laughs> quarter, quarter but yeah. that quarter would get returned to you. And, and sometimes people didn't make it. So it would bounce out. Yeah. Or uh, people just didn't take their change because they've got to go or it's only a nickel. So we had this idea. One day we were like, we're going to go through the toll bo- booths and take all that money that is there in the change bin. Oh, my God. And not so take into an account stupid. that every time you go through, you have to pay the actual toll. <laughs> so all in all that day, we ended up spending about $10. Ten, yeah, it was about $10. Made no money and then just went and got Slurpees. And came home, yeah. And came home. I mean, that's what you do in suburban Dallas, I guess, when you're bored. Suburban Dallas, when you're bored, you're not necessarily a bad kid. You were and remain one of the worst drivers. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, one of, I, someone should take your license away because it's like a geriatric situation. I want to disagree with that, but, and I personally disagree with that, but my foster daughter, who's 14, says that she's scared to get in the car with me. See? And she's, a and bit. she just met you. Yeah. So I kind of think there's something to that. You're a really bad driver, but I also think that there's nothing scarier when you're a teenager than ruining your car because it's not something that you bought. You know, some people they do or some, you know, you matched your mom dollar for dollar, but like you were the first one in our grade to get a car. <laughs> yes. And it was a red, was it a Cavalier? Yes. Chevy Cavalier convertible with a white top. With a white drop top and it was the coolest thing ever. And it was red, which I still to this day, I'm like, Why? Uh, but you scratched your car and I like anything with a car when you're a kid, like you're like, Oh fuck, I'm grounded for life. And you scratched your car. And I remember we were driving down the road and this guy just pulls up in a van, hair, missing teeth. And he's like, Hey, ah," and he's over like, what? He goes, I can fix that for you. Lawrence Marino. Lawrence Marino pulls over. We had no experience with body work or anything. This guy had his whole family in the car. Somehow. I don't know how you had $80 cash. I, I remember we somehow got to my house where there was $80 in a drawer in cash. I think it was mine from working at the okay. body shop. Where we also worked together. Yes. So the point is, so she paid this guy to patch up the side of her car. Did he do a bang up job? Not really. But we were, I think you then were able to lie to your mom. Like someone hit me. I have no idea. Or yeah. like one of those bullshit lies. Like and it was you were just like, like you've got to do this. You've got to do this. We don't, you know, you don't know anything about anything. And some guys like, I can fix it. You're like, okay, this will be easy. Yeah. We did work at the body shop together. We had a couple, it was just the only job together, I think. Okay. Let's do this one. Do it. At 
Noelio underscore fit. <laughs> Have you ended up in any of Eliza's jokes and how do you feel about it? Well, yes, obviously I'm in her jokes, but there's one joke, the um, Shark Tank one. You're where not in that joke. Put my back into it. Michelle Lee DiGiulio Friedman. That's not about you at all. But you use my name. I don't even say put your back into it. I say put your back against mine and it's about how they always. Yeah, like, but, but you use my name. No. Uh-huh. Oh, I think I do. Yeah. I haven't watched my own special ever. <laughs> uh, there's that. And you know what? You probably don't know this. In almost every pilot I write, I write a pilot once a year um, that almost makes it. <laughs> I use the name Michelle. I've used Michelle and Grace's relationship in a oh, pilot yeah. for ABC. In the script, a script that I have now that's out there, the main character's name is Michelle. I always name them Michelle. Aww. They're always Michelles. Aww. And they're always loosely based off you or Jody. Yeah. Uh, we have some similarities, me and Jody. We both have kind of red hair. And we're very fast talking. Very fast talking. But yeah, I always use a Michelle. And I wrote a pilot for ABC a while ago, and it, my neighbors were this lesbian couple, and it was and Grace and Michelle, and that's who it was. Aww. Send it to you guys to read. Yeah. Oh, write what you know. Written in stone. Michelle, you read it. My throat hurts. My best friend and I recently both entered relationships, and her boyfriend hates my boyfriend. Therefore, we don't get to do any of the fun double date stuff we always wanted to do. Her boyfriend refuses to change his mind about mine, even though they've barely met, and he dislikes him for a stupid reason. The drama between our boyfriends is causing a rift between us. What should we do? They let him fuck. Put those two dudes in a room. Bottle Slap of lube. Be like, you guys get over Bottle it. of lube. Bottle of lube. She needs to really confront her boyfriend and that's, it's usually the other way it's like yeah. our girlfriends don't get along i think that's really shitty i would not be okay with that at all i'd be super pissed and i mean when smoky husky and eliza got engaged um they came to visit and i said you know you're marrying me too and he said <laughs> i know i put all that in my decision to propose oh my god that's so sweet yeah no he knew that like you marry the family you marry the good friends and so this guy he if he's causing y'all to not hang out he's got to go i you got to ask what what's at the root of that that's very odd i definitely Get there's a couple it. that we've hung out with and at the end of the night like the night was fine my husband's like yeah i probably wouldn't be friends with a guy otherwise but men are great at like maintaining and just being like yeah i'll hang out with him whatever that's weird so yeah you got to get to the root of that i mean i think you're or he that. just has to go um spanky sunshine big fan of the pod i must know has she always done the hamster voice <gasps> small voices Hamster voice. Yeah, you don't know. I don't even know. I think everybody has different versions of what they think my act is. So I don't even know what it nah. <laughs> is. that the hamster voice? Do you, remember, do you remember Mr. Flefkins? My first, I don't know. This is, I think, when you were in public school. Um, when I got my first pet, which was a hamster, and his name was Mr. Flefkins, and he actually died in the dryer. Why was he in the dryer? I, he just found his way in there. I think that's a, I feel like that happened to my hamster and I feel like that's actually my story. I'm pretty sure. About my hamster named no, Mr. Fluffkins. No, that was my, that was, that. I think that's No, mine. that's my story. This is what happens when you've been best friends forever. I know. Like, I definitely have some stories that are actually yours, but that one is definitely mine. Mr. Fluffkins and Precocious. You had turtles and rocks. I had, I had a hamster. K-Dog Lewis. K-Dog Lewis. <laughs> For both of you, share a moment. Or moments where you thought, yep, this is why we're friends. Oh, yeah, all the time. Also, shout out to my ride or dive 21 years, Sarah. 
best friends since sixth grade, 19 of 21 years being over 1,000 miles apart. And we celebrated by getting VIP tickets to your show in Santa Barbara. That was a great show. That's when uh, Hunter told his mudslide story. That was a fucking dope show. You guys Um, sound awesome. That's it. We'd love to stay in touch. Uh, For me, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's big moments. I think it's lots of little moments. And it's like little, just having your friends show up for things, whether it's a, I don't think you've been to a Netflix taping. I've not gone to a Netflix taping, but I've been to so many of your stand-ups. Been to the shows or like knowing that if I needed Michelle, if I said to her, like, I need you to go sell t-shirts, like you would do that. Oh yeah. You know, like not having an ego about helping the other one. Um, I need you to come with me to do X, Y, and Z. For us, it's always been, here's something really shitty I need you to come do with me. Here's something not cool I need you to, here's something I need to talk about. It's the little things. If you only have the friend that shows up for the fun stuff, like that's not your friendship. Right, and showing up for the little things because they're fun to do together. And tolerating like 15 text messages in a row. Right, and then tolerating also me like just not looking at my phone, which is honestly annoying. days. It. Thank you. No, it is annoying. Can I also say that Michelle was conserving water bottles before it was cool there was a company called deja blue and they were like first to market with like water bottles or something and you would carry around i think because you're like inherently a little gross this like scraggly deja blue water bottle and just keep (laughs) refilling it and this is before anybody thought about recycling in in mass and i was like why are you so gross about this (laughs) she's also the girl that will get a cup of coffee like iced coffee and hold on to it and sip it like for throughout days. the for days, <laughs> Michelle eats like end times is coming. Like even just now, she was like, "Do you want to get food?" I'm like, "Are you hungry?" She's like, "I'm eating." And I look down, and it's the saddest, scraggliest <laughs> pumpkin flax half a muffin. She comes in my apartment. She was like, "Do you want to go eat?" Because I brought food. I'm like, "Did you or did you bring like a sack of crumbs?" Basically, I just go to the pet store to get my food. Oh my god, hamster food. B.S. Bushnell. Hello, three beautiful women and hot Scotty. We adopted our daughters and I too am adopted. So I'm wondering how you and your wife are moving forward with the fostering as in in hopes of adopting in the end. Adoption's roller coaster ride of emotions and stress. So worth it. All the best to you and your family. That was very sweet. So sweet. Wow. She called you beautiful, but she has like no idea. Oh, Oh, wait. She saw the Instagram post. Okay. Ah. So we are a foster to adopt family. And so our intention is to build our family through foster to adopt, um, which people say is like so sweet and altruistic, but it also feels a little bit selfish just because we're not fostering for fostering sake. It's not selfish. I know, but we're building our family that way. And um, that having been said, we went through um, a, uh, fostering three children under the age of four who if you guys were taken re- away. Yeah, I definitely posted on my Instagram how excited I was. My, it was on your birthday when they were placed with us. That's right. That's how I remember it. You got three kids. Uh, I was going to put out to fans, like, here's where they're registered. I know that I bought you a ton of furniture. Like thousands of dollars, which we, were, we still use. Good. I was <laughs> so excited because I was like, oh, my God, they got the babies that they wanted. These yeah. women, these two, I'm just going to say this, Michelle and her wife, in Texas, first of all, being gay is not that easy. I mean, it's like st- fine, but still not that cool. Uh, they All they wanted was a family. And they went through the system, all the classes, all the bullshit seminars, all the safety things, whereas I could just go and back on, I have, and like had a baby and then you get rid of it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You had to go through all of this and, and they place you with three children under the age of what? Four. Was it? One, two, and four. One, two, and four. And these three women 
college educated women with lives and jobs were like, we will put everything on fucking hold yeah. to be mothers to these children, turn their lives upside down. I didn't speak to her for weeks because I was so mad. No, because she was so busy. So yeah, crazy. And then the state came and they were like, oh, turns out the grandma is here. Yeah, a grandma of one of them. One of them. And the father wasn't even alive any longer, decided after two months that she originally only wanted the one daughter that she was related to. And then she decided, no, I want all three. And so- A fact that was not disclosed to them when they took on these children. Right. Actually, they told us there's no way they're going to kin because- they, um, the mom has had seven biological children taken away from her already. Um, and there's no one else in this family that will take these kids. So this is their last placement. It's with you guys. And then of course they were taken away. So now our, um, well, you want to talk about a broken system. That's what it is. Oh, it's the worst. It's what it was almost instant family. Minus the fact that the kids did and not actually, um, my case managers, the caseworkers I work for at my organization where we're fostered through love instant family because you know, whatever. And so, and job. they saw when they came to see my house to like um, place those kids and they saw Eliza in all of my wedding photos, which are on my wall. They were just like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And of course didn't really help me in any way. Sorry. But, um, so sorry, my star power now, um, we are only taking in children whose parental rights have been um, severed or at least they've given them up. And so we have a really wonderful 14-year-old girl with us. And um, we, in March, after I'm done with yoga training, we will open up to uh, children under six. And so that we'll actually maybe get like a smaller one, younger one. But um, yeah, the goal is to eventually adopt, but um, without having to work with CPS. <sighs> They're terrible. Yeah, I don't want. I don't believe in visitation either. I think it's actually just bad for the kids. And I believe that. Um, well, not you're effectively raising someone else's child and checking in with them, and it's like, look, I'm going to do this my way. Checking in with them really hurts the kids, and it doesn't help anyone except for the bio family. And so, and by the really- way, I don't DM me. First of all, she doesn't have social media. Thank God. But I don't want to hear from you like, well, I raised and my I let we these mothers sh- check it. No, like you're allowed. Here's my thing in comedy. Like, if you lived it, you're allowed to shit talk in it, have the experience, talk about it. So that's your real experience. And that was brutal. I wasn't even part of it. And I was so upset for you. Yeah, thank that's you. so traumatic for it the kids, violent. for you. It was violent for the children, really. And yeah. they also ended up going back to a precarious placement, so. Precarious placement. Uh-huh. How do you handle dating someone? Alice, Alice saw 121. How do you handle dating someone the same height as you? I'm trying not to be superficial, but I'm struggling with the idea that we are not the same size. <laughs> that we are the same size. That, that we a, are the same size. Sorry. That is adorable. Is it a guy is the question? A guy and a girl? I mean. I feel like it's a guy thing. I feel like if it's girls, it doesn't You dated matter. a guy that was small. Yeah. What was that like? I liked him. But he was, you felt like a giant all the time. Are you talking about Nick? No. no. Who are you talking about? Skinny Eric? I don't know. We're just like staring into each other's eyes right now. <laughs> uh, I can, I'm not really much of a sizist. I mean, I don't want to date a dude that's like four eight, but I've definitely dated a guy that's like an inch taller than me. And like if the shoe fits, which it did. Uh, yeah. Grace is short and I think it's so cute. She's short and chubby and she's I, cute. I, I, look, look, if you're not attracted to him, you're not attracted to him. You shouldn't have to adjust. Like even if the, like, if you're not attracted to him, that's it. Like the heart wants what it wants. You don't have to, you know, but you know, try not to be a dick about it. <laughs> Sarah Von Paul. 
Love these picks. Let's hear some highlights from your joint ventures to see Magic Mike. Oh, my God. Oh, it was so good. Magic Mike would love to hear about some of your shenanigans growing up as well. Well, I think we talked about some of the shenanigans. Well, I think we've covered the shenanigans. We covered the shenanigans. <laughs> Magic Mike, it was so fucking hot. It was so awesome. It was so much fun. I was, I, I was like not like attracted to the guys unlike what? the you already said you were girls. Bi. I know but I mean I was there for the show. Yeah, we were all there for the show. Including Hunter, poor guy. Oh man. He was great. Hunter wanted to go a little too much. Uh his wife came and she was all bummed out because none of the guys danced on her. But I was but like she had a wedding ring on and she was sitting next to her husband. So yeah, it kind of so- makes sense. It was so good. That's it was all. It, okay, here's the thing. A shout out to Magic Mike and for to, to Channing Tatum and his team, and yes, I'm saying this with relish, uh, for getting us those tickets. The show is, you wouldn't think this, it's empowering, it's fun, it's beautifully done, and it's not like dudes just sweaty grinding up on you. Like, they are all very talented. Um, and it was awesome. I was, you know what? I honestly forgot you were there because I was screaming so loud the whole time. Yeah, I don't, did not forget that you were there. You've never seen me that turned on. No, but I But that's have. what it looks like. Where yeah. Where? Where? I mean, that guy was pretty hot. <laughs> That one dude. Look, you want to read that one? Go okay. Ahead. It's Meg's longtime listener, first it's time. underscore Meg SK. Longtime listener, first time questioner. Hi, Eliza and BFF. What are your thoughts on fostering dogs with a human toddler? Oh my God. So cute. Also living in the home. I think it's a great idea, but I know nothing about fostering dogs and would love to hear from both of oh you. Boy. Oh boy. Get ready. Toddler is one year old and pretty chill. We have our own house with the backyard. So there's no landlord issue. I work from home most days. So the dog would have company. Husband does not want our own dog yet. So I think providing a loving home for a pup in waiting would be a great compromise. P.S. Love the pod. Okay. Get this that is dog. fantastic. You should absolutely foster. Get that dog. Um, fostering is way more beneficial to the community than adopting because you can open up your home over and over and over again. So um, I think it's a great idea. Um, also, you can kind of figure what works with your family. So I would say start with a larger dog um, that has lived with small children and is not reactive. So if the dog, if the child hits the dog, he's not going to like, you know, have a big reaction. Um, but, uh, I would also go with a very, very low energy dog, possibly a senior. Maybe just, one on death's door. Like one of those, like a great Dane that has like a week to live. No, no, that's depressing. And one you don't want your lives like a year. child to be like super depressed. <laughs> Gotta learn. But go with like, uh, I mean, I love pits and pit mixes. So I would go with like a pity because they're really fantastic with children, but it just has to be low energy, probably low medical needs in the beginning. Um, and then. Just work your way up. I post my dogs that I foster on next door, and that's how I have found almost all of my adopters. So it's if really you cute. are living in Austin and you're looking to adopt a dog, please, please email me. Oh, there you go. I'm going to give you my email. It's Friedman Michelle, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at gmail.com. And I will connect you with the best dog for your family. It's really cute. When you go to their house, they have like all these framed pictures of dogs that have passed through their hallowed halls. Um, question from, here we go. Uh, Stella underscore heart. Can you tell us what's going on in that first picture? So the picture I posted on the Instagram on our slideshow, it's you pointing at me and me kind of doing like a little lunge at you holding flowers. I can imagine what this is. Okay. You go first. I think I was threatening to throw something at you on your wedding day. Well, let me ask you this. You guys did the sand ceremony. Yes. That was awesome. It was awesome. That's how you feel about it. It was awesome. Because the sand didn't actually merge because we used salt. And so I said, well, at least we'll re- each retain a little bit of our own identity. I remember you saying that. And it was, was really smart. It was a good laugh. Okay. Okay. So you're, you thought it was a cool I thing to do. I stand by it. You think, 
having a sand merging ceremony is like a classy way to go. <laughs> okay. When you put it like that. I'm just making sure. We actually finally got rid of the sand. Last oh, year. thank God. <laughs> it was on your altar along with nothing else, nor was there a mounted TV because they still haven't figured out how to do that. And it was just this like state fair glass with pink and blue sand. <gasps> Okay, I just I didn't I didn't want to hear your feelings. I actually don't know what's going on in that picture, but I think that I am threatening Eliza because something about her having to go find the wine glass for me to step on because my uncle was like holding it in the back corner for some reason. Okay, so not so turns out nothing interesting. Uh, Golden Graham, eighteen nineteen. Eliza mentioned in a previous episode that you and your wife had unfortunately I talked about you in another episode. Yeah, unfortunately come up against some tough challenges in your bid to adopt a child. What hurdles have you come across, and have you found people's attitudes towards same sex couples wanting to adopt? Love the podcast. Wednesday's my favorite day with a Aww. U. They are Canadian or British. Moving yeah, on. you guys are awesome fans. Um, <clears throat> being a same sex couple in Austin is extremely easy. Being a same-sex couple in Texas is not. and um, Speak on it. So we have definitely had some challenges with getting placed with children who aren't located in our region um, because it's up to the CPS worker who's living outside of the region to make the final determination. So if there's a child in a more rural region, then we haven't been placed with them necessarily. But um, ultimately, we try and shield ourselves from that. I mean, I create a a very thick uh, shield around me of only people that subscribe to the kinds of views that I have of tolerance and understanding and liberal post whatever society that I try and ascribe to anti-racist terminology and all that. So, uh, so that's your answer. My answer is that I haven't had too many hurdles in the sense of being a same-sex couple because I've you shielded chose, myself so much. You've created from, your own community. Yes, I've created my own community. I would always get annoyed, like, people, like, I've had, like, a couple guys from high school be like, oh, Michelle, she's dating a woman now. And, I'm, and I would get very protective, like, this isn't a fucking carnival trick, and this is, like, her sexuality and her identity, and it's not for you. Show. It's not for show, and it's not, no offense, it's not like this, like, hot lesbians for your pleasure like, this, Ew, like, who yeah. cares? A lot of people are like that, and I just have to ignore it. I've created my own community, and I've created a bubble around me where I don't have to deal with any of that. Um, but that having been said- Except for so, every day at work when you go and help other people who yeah, are not like you. Absolutely, but that's more sexism. Um, so the issue with the adopting a child, if we wanted to buy a child, I know that sounds really harsh, but essentially that is what it is. If we wanted to buy a child on the private market, we could put up a profile and spend about $30,000 so purchasing an infant. Ultimately though, that is not at all how we want to build our family. Primarily because nowadays um, with supply and demand, there's more, there's more demand than supply. And so the birth mothers have a lot more say. And ultimately, you can ha it's open adoption. It's all of these things that are way too tricky and complicated that we have just don't want to have any part of. So um, we're choosing to go through the foster route. That's just what's right for us. And I'm not saying that other people that adopt, it's wrong. Well, but they it will is, interpret it that I way. I know. It is true. In my opinion, it's purchasing a child. And that's uh, not how I want to have a family. Sorry. That's how I feel. That's okay. That's how you feel. Yeah. Uh, me, we're going to do two more. Me underscore N underscore Bobby McGee. I'm engaged to a woman whom I love very much. And as a 35-year-old woman myself, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on pitching the whole, I need a girl's night with my friends. I did my fiance seeing as how she's a girl as well. Kind of tough conundrum. 
want to go out with friends without her while at the same time not at all wanting to hurt her feelings just genuinely want some me and my friends time thank you so much Eliza you're so amazing so relatable to me and all my fellow elementals P.S. if you ever consider incorporating Scott into one of your stand-up routines or getting him to open for you sometime he's pretty funny dude with his one-liners sorry Scott who's Scott he's the producer who's not here right now oh hi Scott well, Scott you got a fan if you ever want to start stand-up um I love Wondery though can we just throw a pitch out for a Wondery? Yeah, go ahead. They produce your show, right? Yes. I love Wondery. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, first of all, I don't think it matters if you're a woman married to a woman or a dude or a plant. You are allowed to want your friend time independent of your partner. Yeah. I actually have had this conversation with my wife um, and said, you know, I really want to have friend time. Problem is that everyone fucking loves Grace. Everyone. Not me. I'm not a fan. I've never I been know. a fan. She's kidding. Um, everyone loves Grace. And so it's annoying sometimes we joke about this because like she, everyone's like, oh, well, where's Grace? Like sad that she's not there. And I'm like, she's not here because I wanted some alone time without her. Do you think she makes you more tolerable? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> more palatable. You certainly don't. No, I, I like a concentrated dose of Michelle. Right. But not when you're tired. Then yeah, I hate you. The worst. But you are victim to this. You'll be like, oh, well, I just invited Grace because I figured I didn't want to leave her out. Yeah. Which I think is so sweet. But I think some of that is also because she's a girl and you don't want to leave her out. Uh, I, and you know what it is? Because she's your wife. That's why. Okay. Well, uh, I'm fine to leave Smokey Husky out. And he's fine to be left out. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I There are plenty of times where I'm like, I just want to go out with a friend, even if it's a male friend or a girlfriend, like, because it's just, Who then, cares? then they're dealing with just you versus you as an entity with another person. It's just a different dynamic. Yeah. Although I think when you're close enough, it's fine. I don't think you're, hopefully you're with the kind of person that understands you just want your friend time and has nothing to do with them. Yeah. But I would say something like, um, you know, I really love you and this has nothing to do with you, but I think I just want a little bit of friend time. Would you mind if I just went out with, uh, my friends just to talk have, about you, to have some me time, talk or about you and flirt with other people. Yeah. Last one. Ooh, my best friend and I, Oh no, it's too long. Whoa. I just hold on. You might have to answer those like via blog. What is it like being friends with Eliza? Okay. I want to answer Who this. said it? At Sophie. Sophia Minehurt. What is it like okay. about being friends? Ooh, thinking about dog fostering. You already talked about dog I know, fostering. Fine. Um, okay. What is it like being friends with Eliza? So Eliza's manager, Kara, can I say her name? Yeah. She said once in New York City at a show of Eliza, she looked at me and she goes, Eliza is the part of every girl's brain that's just super fucking weird, just weird. And she's that part of the brain exaggerated. And I will never We're forget that because super relatable, super relatable because every girl has that part of the brain. Mm -hmm. That's her, that's her on persona, like her comedian performer persona. Um, I don't really know a world in which I wasn't friends with Eliza. She's an extremely understanding, caring, hardworking friend the only negative I have is that she doesn't um, take care of herself sometimes. Ah! Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's like uh, my only my only negative is that I care too much. It's yeah. like one of those things. No, but you work too hard. I It's very frustrating to see someone that you care about like work their body into a tither. And sometimes it feels for nothing. Like still can't panel on a late night show. Like sometimes you're like, what am I doing all this for? Yeah, but she'll always want the next... Um, 
I mean, she's an artist at her core. So it's like being friends with any artist. Their work is never complete. It's never like they're never 100% satisfied, even if everyone else is, because they're an artist. Because everyone else is stupid. Right. No. Uh, Well, thank you so much for those very kind words. And now it's time for everyone's favorite program of any show ever. It's Top of the Cob. It's the Top of the Cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. So I made a mistake, and in my excitement to see my best friend, I forgot to ask her her top and bottom of the cob, so I had to text her. So I'm now going to read our text exchange for her top and bottom of the cob. She says, bottom of the cob, large, fully clothed mannequins who look completely real with facial features and all staring at me from window fronts inside of stores. And I said, why? And she said the mannequins because it's incredibly creepy and there's absolutely no reason why they need to look that real to model clothes. Why do they have full faces and hair? Everything staring at me as I'm minding my own business walking down the street, but mostly because people should know that's not okay. Not really. How do they not know that? And I said they should know what's not okay, that they look like people. And she said, yes, it's creepy. All over NYC, staring at passersby. And then I said... Just because they're naked women, she says, no, you're not getting it. Fully clothed in a Banana Republic storefront. Creepy. And I said, oh, my God, so is it that they look human? She said, oh, my God, pick something else. I said, no, it's fine. And then she also says her bottom of the cob is smoking outside an airport. I don't care as much about it hurting my lungs, but although that's horrible, but the lingering on my clothes and hair, so disgusting. And I agree. Uh, My bottom of the cob uh, is that I think I have a phone addiction. I was reading a book yesterday and like an urge to smoke a cigarette, I felt myself just reaching over to check my phone every couple minutes. And I'm disgusted with myself as someone who doesn't have an addictive personality. I don't like the grip that it's taken. Her top of the cob, she says Ronan Farrow's newly released book on breaking the Hollywood sexual abuse story to catch and kill. She's got low-key obsession with Ronan Farrow. And my top, not to stray too far away from sociopolitical topics, not washing my hair all week. You're not supposed to anyway. I love how dirty it gets. I love wearing it dirty. And then it feels even better when you clean it. It's good for your hair. Keep it dirty. Keep it sleazy. Top of the cob. I like bringing out the weirdness in you because you're a weird person. Yeah. You're very weird and quirky even though you have this like, you have like all these degrees and this like high-powered job. My fantasy is you and I just trapped in a room uh, dancing like weirdos. Mm-hmm. That That's, would be fun for like an hour. An hour? I was going to say five minutes. We could do that with the the um, we, you know, the the lights where you like dance along the lights. Mm-mm. So, you know. Oh, the like foot. the little mat thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we could do that. I also think a, a big part of a friendship, and I've had this with a couple friends, but you're definitely the friend <laughs> for this. You know your best friends when you leave an awesome party just to go sit in a room with each other and eat <laughs> snacks. All the time. Like, that's all I ever want to do is just ghost on an event and just go get quiet with, like, Michelle. And eat snacks. I love you very much. I love you, too. Thanks for being Foster and adopt. <laughs> if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac... Or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
it happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza.